Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I am Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I love talking with you guys about YA, even if I don't necessarily like reading it. Okay, that's, that's, that's a step up, right? I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's better than nothing. I think she secretly likes reading it. Mm. <laughs> no. Well, let's tell everyone what we're reading right now. I'll go ahead and start. And I just started listening to The Witchery by S. Isabel. And as you can guess, it is about witches. <gasps> the publisher's blurb for this one is very short, so I'm just going to go ahead and read that. Logan came to Mesmort's Coven Academy in Halesford, Florida, to learn to control her powers. But she soon learned she has a role to play in the ancient curse of the Hellmouth, whatever the cost to herself and her new friends. I'm not even a third of the way through this one so far, but it's pretty good. I'm, I'm liking the characters, and it kind of has a hocus-pocus vibe to it with the ancient curse on the town being brought about by a trio of sisters. Ooh, is the Hellmouth any relation to the Buffy Hellmouth, or is it a different Hellmouth? I don't Hellmouth? know, because I have not encountered a Hellmouth yet. There are, like, <laughs> cursed wolves that, like, attack. There's, like, a haunting that occurs once a year after Halloween. Um, they kill the mundanes or the witches or really whoever they can get, but, like, each year they put, like, a protection spell I like how you the think town. of the mundanes or the witches, whoever they can get, so they can kill anyone, basically. Yes, basically. Okay. They just like to kill. Yes. You know, cursed wolves. They do that. I mean, yeah. They're made for the ripping and tearing and shredding of flesh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was obvious. I don't know. (laughs) Only the cursed ones, not not the non-cursed ones. Right. (laughs) Okay. I was like, actually, that sounds really good, but continuing the spooky Halloween-y sort of vibes. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm liking it so far, but I really can't say where it's going to go. So we'll see. <laughs> well, that's cool, though, because like you yeah. don't know where it's going to go. So that's... Yes. And is the reader good? Yeah. Okay. Makes Most a difference. Part. Mm-hmm. It does make a difference. What are you reading, Sarah? I'm reading one that's a little bit older. It's called Evil Librarian. <laughs> <laughs> are you taking notes? <laughs> yeah, it struck a personal chord. It's by Michelle Knudsen, and this is about a girl um, named Cynthia, and her high school gets a new librarian. Around here, they're media specialists, but there, I guess, they're still librarians. And her friend, her best friend, Annie, completely gets a crush on this guy, Mr. Gabriel. But... Ooh, it's a boy librarian. Yes. Mm. But Sin, as she's called, cannot understand why Annie's so enraptured with him. And then she starts to notice Annie's just really acting weird. And other people in the school are acting weird. And she thinks that Mr. Gabriel may not be what he seems. And in fact, he is not. So a librarian? She, he, well, <laughs> he is a librarian. He, he is He's a librarian. just also <laughs> evil. He's also a demon. So... <laughs> Nobody says that demons can't also go to library school. I mean, we may have some on staff. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) But at any rate, she's trying to decide how she deals with her friendship with Annie and what do you do about it when there's a demon in your school and balancing that with her crush on Ryan. That's a very important part. Right. And, oh, and 
working on the set for the school play, Sweeney Todd. She has to build the barber <laughs> chair that like tips people. Oh, off that's sets. awesome. Right. So there's a lot on her plate. What about you, Patty? What are you reading? I am also keeping the spooky vibes going. I'm reading The Screaming Staircase. Uh, it's Lockwood and Company number one by Jonathan Stroud. This is a reread for me. I was looking for something sort of spooky, but not too spooky. And this series is absolutely perfect for that. And I was like, well, I'm going to start with number one. Uh, I'm going to just sort of read the publisher's description. When the dead come back to haunt the living, Lockwood and Company step in. For more than 50 years, the country has been affected by a horrifying epidemic of ghosts. A number of psychic investigation agencies have sprung up to destroy the dangerous apparitions. Lucy Carlyle, a talented young agent, arrives in London hoping for a notable career. Instead, she finds herself joining the smallest, most ramshackle agency in the city, run by the charismatic Anthony Lockwood. When one of their cases goes horribly wrong, Lockwood and company have one last chance of redemption. Unfortunately, this involves spending the night in one of the most haunted houses in England and trying to escape alive. Set in a city stalked by specters, The Screaming Staircase is the first in a chilling new series full of suspense, humor, and truly terrifying ghosts. Your nights will never be the same again. And I love it. It's a super interesting premise. The world building is really cool because ghosts, if they touch you, they can kill you. Anyone. But only kids and teens up to like about about 16 17 can see them and then you okay. lose the ability to see them and i was like oh okay that's creepy as an adult and like iron sort of uh keeps them away and so it's like because this is happening how the world has like changed to deal with this thing of ghosts and i really enjoy it it's a super interesting book highly recommend cool so what are we talking about today? Well, in the last episode, instead of assigning one book for us all to read, we've each read some titles to celebrate Native American Heritage Month. Woo! I've read a couple, so I, I'll go ahead and start with one. Uh, my first one is Strangers by David Robertson. It's book one of the Reckoner novels. And I would say these are mysteries rooted in indigenous folklore with some supernatural thrown in. I've only read book one, and up until the very end, I didn't even realize it was a series, but it sets up for book two at the very end, so I was surprised. I don't want to spoil any of the plot here. This is, it's a Cree story, and it's another book, I guess, which is a little similar to Ghost Tracks in that you start out knowing very little, and the story slowly unravels, giving you little pieces of knowledge and backstory. You know that the main character, Cole Harper, experienced a tragic event 10 years prior when he was seven years old. He lost both of his parents and most of his classmates in a fire, and he saved two of his best friends from the fire, but he moved to Winnipeg with his aunt and grandmother. Now he's returned to Wounded Sky First Nation to a series of murders, and it's where the community is being plagued by a mysterious new illness, which pops up right as Cole returns as well. So he's hit with... Like his community kind of, some of them think he's a hero, but now also some of them think he has brought like a curse down upon them. So like uh, quite a bit of them want him to leave, <laughs> mm -hmm. but he kind of has been brought back by a, so here's where I don't really want to give anything away, but he's been lured back home to save his community 
and I'll just say by supernatural means. Um, but there's also ghosts and a trickster at play too. Okay. That sounds really good. It it was good. I really liked it. I'm going to have to check out the rest of the series. Isn't that always the way? You've just made more work for yourself. It is, <laughs> but uh, unlike Sarah, I enjoy series. <laughs> Sarah, you read two as well, right? You want to do I did. one of yours? Sure. The first one I'll talk about is Walking in Two Worlds by Wab Kinu. And uh, this is the author's first YA book. Um, and it is about a girl named Bugs. And she is from the Anishinaabe tribe that's also, I believe, um, in Canada. And this book takes place in the not-so-distant future. And in it, teens like bugs are really um, wrapped up in a lot of AR and a lot of VR. And she has used um, the virtual reality to create a persona that is like an improved extra good version of herself and she's also used it to kind of recreate the world of her people that has been you know taken away over the years by white people and in that world she's kind of a a hero and in the real world maybe not so much she feels more awkward but there's also another group of gamers in that world that want uh, don't want bugs to be as powerful in the world as she is so they're kind of out to get her and one of those is a boy named Fang who moves from China to the place where Bugs is living, and they actually become friends. And it's interesting because Fang is a uh, Uyghur Muslim boy from China, and so it makes some comparisons between the, the government and China kind of oppressing those people and trying to do things like you can't learn the lang- the, your, speak your own language, you have to learn Chinese, you have to believe in, you know... Um, Chinese rules and laws and get rid of your religion and the kinds of things that were done to Native American people in Canada and the United States a long time ago, which is actually happening to these people in China today. So it's drawing parallels between their experiences. And then Fang and Bugs, you know, start a friendship and have to find out, you'll have to read it to find out what happens and how that she balances the real world and the virtual world and the different motivations there. So if you like gaming, I would recommend that book. It does kind of tend to be more, I think, a middle grade. Re- I mean, it reads younger. The characters read younger. They're more immature than some of the other characters we've read about. Patty, what about you? I read Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boley. Um, this is really good. <laughs> this book came out in 2021, and I remember when it came out, and it got a ton of buzz. It's a Reese Witherspoon YA book club book. And I, I kind of, I kept seeing it and I never picked it up. And oh my gosh, I was sleeping on this book. This book is so good. It is about an 18 year old girl named um, Donis Fontaine. And she is half white, half Ojibwe. And the book starts out as very, just kind of like sort of contemporary slice of life we're learning about hers until she witnesses a murder and she ends up becoming a confidential informant to helping the FBI in this investigation into meth and her community. And there is a ton of just really 
one, it's just a great story. It like kept me on the edge of my seat and I kind of thought I knew who was going to be the bad guy, but I wasn't sure. And then I was wrong. (laughs) And then I was like, oh no, please don't be who I think it is. And it was. And so there's a lot of um, twists and turns and it's, it's just really, really well written. I listened to it and read it. I had both the audiobook and the um, hard copy book. I'm really glad I listened to an audiobook because there is a lot of Ojibwe language in it. And it was really nice to be able to hear a native speaker using those terms. And so, like, when I then picked up the book, I knew how these words were pronounced, which was really cool. And in this book, there's the mystery and the thriller and all of that information, but there's also a lot of information just about her beliefs and the way the tribe works and how there's like how per capita works because they have a casino and how that works with the tribe and how they get the money and how you become a member of the tribe because she isn't an official tribal member because her father was not on her birth certificate. Her mother was white and 16 when she was born and um, her mother's parents did not allow her to marry her father and there was a whole thing and and so it was just really interesting because she goes through this journey about um, self-discovery and how her growing up and in the middle of this investigation and all this stuff that is happening to her and to her community and she sees this really important she sees it a very important to protect her community as well because she realizes that the FBI isn't going to. They only care about finding the meth makers and they're not going to care about how that affects her community. And so she's helping, but she's also like making sure that she's there at thinking seven generations ahead. And it's really just, it's so good. (laughs) I really liked this one. I can tell. You're glowing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just nice to read. I read a couple that hadn't been so great. And so this one is just, oh, I'm going to go back and read it again, knowing who is uh, the bad guy making the meth and dealing the meth, because it's going to, I think, change um, some interactions with people in this book. Um, And I've marked places like it's just got the language is really good. I love it. It has a beautiful cover. It really does. Yes. And I was looking up uh, the pronunciation of the author's name, and I found out. So this was her debut book. It's the first novel she's ever written, and it was so good. And she's got a second one coming out in 2023, and it's a not a sequel, but a spinoff. In this one, Donis has two young cousins and the second book is about one of the cousins um grown up or older and this was set in 2004 so this new one is going to be more modern day cool Catherine, what else did you read my second book is actually um it's kind of a fairly short graphic novel it's called surviving the city by tasha spillett sumner and i thought this was interesting when I was writing my notes, but like the last name Spillet, uh, yeah. it's <laughs> appropriate for the Spillet Got to read podcast, that one. Right? <laughs> but it's volume one of the series, but unfortunately it looks like we don't own the second book. I'm going to actually suggest it for purchase because I think we should have it. 
it's a story about womanhood, friendship, colonialism, and the anguish of a missing loved one. So the two main characters in this are Miquan and Des. They're best friends. Uh, Miquan is Anishinaabe. Des is Inanu. Together, the teens navigate the challenges of growing up in an urban landscape. Uh, I also can't say too much about this one because it is fairly short, and I don't want to give away the whole story. But Des has the threat of a group home looming because her grandmother is sick, and they're afraid that she's not going to be able to take care of her anymore. She obviously doesn't want to go to the group home. She's feeling overwhelmed and finds herself stuck in the city with no bus fare home. Um, but she also, her phone has died, so she can't contact anyone. So Miquan and Dez's grandmother become very worried about Dez's disappearance. For Miquan, this brings back um, the grief of her own missing mother. Like her mother has gone missing and is presumed dead. And then this last sentence is from the publisher description. Will Dez's community find her before it's too late? Will Miquan be able to cope if they don't? And so in the back of the book, the author has included more information about the murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people, which is in large part what this book is about. I'm going to read that part to you now because I think it's pretty important. So as a direct consequence of colonialism, settler capitalism, racism, misogyny, and other forms of oppression— Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people are among the most marginalized populations in Canada and globally. We face a greater risk of experiencing racialized and gender-based violence, being murdered, or going missing. As a part of our refusal of victimhood and in the spirit of resistance, Indigenous women and two-spirit people lead movements against the violence that puts our lives at risk, while also healing our communities from the losses we've experienced. Indigenous women and two-spirit people affirm that our lives are valuable and that we have the right to live on our homelands with respect and dignity, free from violence. I like that. I also like um, in the author's note in the back of my book, she includes um, one all-too-real aspect of this story is the rampant violence against Native women. More than four in five, 84% of Native women have experienced violence in their lifetime and more than half, 56%, have experienced sexual violence. Nearly all, 97% of Native women who have experienced violence have had at least one non-Native perpetrator. Although it is a difficult and exhausting narrative, I felt it was important to show the painful reality of these experiences, especially within the specific context of the predatory targeting of Native women and the judicial quagmire on tribal lands. Um, Because while the meth investigation is part of this book, there is, she talks a lot about the Native missing missing and murdered Native American women. And I think that is what her next book is also going to focus on. So my book also includes statistics at the end. She also includes more resources and further reading that you can do on the murdered and missing Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people. Her second graphic novel, From the Roots Up, focuses on Des and her identity as a two-spirit person. The author is a winner of the Indigenous Voices Award, and, but I do also like the artwork in this. The, um, the artist is Natasha Donovan. But in here, I like how it's, uh, the missing women are represented in the books and the predators and how they're drawn out. It's really kind of creepy, that part. But you can see in different scenes, like with Miquan, like her mother is always right there with her, behind her. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I and like the art in that book. Yeah. I really like it. So I think you should definitely check this one out. 
That was one that came up when I was looking for books um, to read for this. That one came up on my list in my searching, but the Firekeeper's Daughter was long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will say this one is very short. That is very short. I'm, I might grab that and read it today because that, that looks like I could read that pretty quick. Sarah, you have another? Yeah, I have one more. It's called Alatsoe by Darcy Little Badger. And it is about a girl named Alatsoe who um, is of Apache descent. She is, uh, she goes by Ellie. And she lives in a world that's kind of a, um, sort of based on our world, but not really because in this world also are vampires and fairies and you can teleport and there's time anomalies and there's like a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) And Ellie has the ability to, um, that has been passed down from um, woman to woman in her family to uh, summon the dead, but really the ghosts of the dead. But it's a really dangerous ability to have. And so she has to be really cautious about how she uses it. She uses it primarily um, to resurrect, so to speak, her beloved dog, Kirby, who's her ghost dog that kind of goes with her everywhere and protects her from things. But they, uh, the family goes through a tragic event when the Ellie's older cousin, Trevor, is um, found dead and the ghost of Trevor visits Ellie and tells her it was a murder. And so now Ellie and her best friend, Jay, who's of fairy descent, decide that they are going to get to the bottom of this and try to solve who killed Trevor. Does Trevor not know? Trevor does not know. Okay. So they are, um, they have to kind of, you have to be careful how much you talk to ghosts in this world because that could give them powers that you don't want over you. And uh, so, but there, and they also have to be careful because there's a murderer about who may also have supernatural powers of their own. So it's like, gosh, Trevor, what good are you? Can't even tell me (laughs) you're a ghost and you can't even tell me who made you one. But it's an interesting exploration of some of um, Apache uh, stories and you get some of them through flashback kind of stories, stories of some of Ellie's ancestors and uh, so it's an interesting, interesting story. Again, I think this one may appeal more to a slightly younger audience because of the age of the characters. It's listed for ages 12 and up. So, but it might be, if you like the supernatural, might be a good one to read. That one sounds really good too. We keep adding to my pile of two big red books and this is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, that author, uh, Darcy Little Badger, she wrote A Snake Falls to Earth, which was one of the books I wanted to read but didn't. I have that one checked out. (laughs) I do. I also have that one checked out as well. And that one won the uh, Newbery Award on, well, it was a Newbery Award honor book and was long listed for the National Book Award for Young People's Literature. So I think we all had a really good time reading our various and sundry Native American books, yes? Yeah. 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 And I definitely think that this is, um, again, like we say, with all of these heritage months, you can read these books anytime. Anytime. <laughs> and you should be reading these books anytime because they are really good. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely found some new ones I want to add to my list. And I know you said you did, Patty. So. Oh, it just never <laughs> ends. It never ends. <laughs> Sarah, probably not. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm going to shove my book into her hands because I think she would really like this one. I mean, one. I did have, uh, that is checked out to me right now. I just 
did not have enough time to read all of them. So, okay. I mean, you have an excuse, I guess. <laughs> but it's now time to assign our next title. Yes. And it's Patty's turn. I get to do it. <laughs> so our next title, we are reading a book all about found families. And y'all know how much I love found family trope. So we are going to read Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. This is, I don't want to give too much away because we're going to talk about it next week, but it's got a convict with a, for a thirst for revenge, a sharpshooter who can't walk away from a wager, a runaway with a privileged past, a spy known as the Wraith, a heart render using her magic to survive the slums, and a thief with a gift for unlikely escapes. I'm looking forward to that one and to see what y'all think. It is the first in the series, so... Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's just a duology. It is just duology, Sarah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Patty. I'm Catherine. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time as we spill the tea on Found Family with Six of Crows. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading.